Hey everyone, it's Dimpner here. I have an incredible story to bring to you today. It's a story of one of my students. Her name is Mary, and I really want to bring Mary's story to you because it's a story of how she overcame a very um, normal situation that most people find themselves in, particularly women, but but generally everybody at one point in time finds themselves in a position where they are just seem to be just running on that treadmill. And when you're running on that treadmill and you're doing this and doing that, and you're thinking about work and this is happening and that's happening, things go, go wrong. And for Mary, it was a story about her daughter. And it takes a trigger to wake you up and go, oh my God, I am just not coping here. And I need to do something about it. So when you listen to Mary's story, she goes through a very, um, a very normal, I suppose, journey that I that I find a lot of people go through, and it took that one trigger for her to wake up and go, "I need to change things." Fortunately, she found I Love Real Estate, and with the hardcore training that we do in I Love Real Estate, where everything from, you know, the the structures and the tax right through to the plan and all of the strategies that create the process for her to achieve a life where she was back in the driver's seat. She could really think about um, you know, her, her life and where it was heading and, and she didn't have to be just running on that treadmill. It was about creating passive income and doing deals and living her best life, really. So I know you're going to be inspired by the story. Um, I know you're going to see a few things that perhaps you've done as well. One of them might be negative gearing. I mean, all she was doing was following what her accountant told her to do, which was go and buy properties that lose money on purpose so that you can claim it against your tax. Well, how dumb is that? <laughs> anyway, you make up your own mind about it. Uh, she's an incredible woman with an incredible story, and I'll leave it to you to, uh, to pick out the bits that really resonate with you. And I'll see you on the flip side, and we'll have a little chat then. Bye for now. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How is everybody doing? And welcome to today's I Love Real Estate Student Success, success Story. All right. So uh, without further ado, um, I would like to welcome Mary. Mary is uh, has been a student for quite a number of years, and she also spoke on stage um, a few years ago. I think it was 2018. Super conference um, and shared her story there. She's still been doing some pretty amazing things and she's very, very prominent within the uh, Adelaide uh, community, Isle of Real Estate community, as well as around uh, um, a number of other cities as well. So, Mary, how are you doing? I'm going really well, Michael. Hi, everyone. Excellent. Are you excited? Ready to share a little bit about your story? Oh, certainly am. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, good to hear, good to hear. All right, so look, I think one of the first things to do is, um, should we start off a little bit um, at the beginning? And can you give us a little bit of an idea of what you were like? I mean, where were you coming from before you joined? A little bit of an overview. Where you were coming from before you joined the, uh, the community there? Yeah, sure. Um, I suppose a lot of people start their, their property journey um, with their principal place of residence. And I suppose that was my, my journey, um, buying what everyone sort of told you, buy the worst house in, a, in the best street and renovate it and sell it and, you know, upgrade to the next one. So I did that about um, three times. Um, and at the time I was living in Sydney um, and made some good um, 
some good money, you know, um, out of that, like improve my equity situation. Um, um, obviously, Sydney, you know, often would have the double digit, you know, uh, growth. Um, I suppose I was just relying on that natural that natural growth. Um, and then I, because I was earning a high income, you know, my accountant advised me, you know, I should negative gear, and obviously the negative gearing was the the big the big trend. Um, you know, reduce your tax, reduce your tax, and um, and so uh, I did that. You know, um, at least once or twice. Um, also, did purchase a property with my brother. Um, I bought a, a commercial prop, a resi commercial property. He didn't, he hadn't bought property before, and uh, we had um, he could get a loan, and uh, we had some you know some cash, and so we bought a property together. And um, and at the time, I didn't really know it was called a joint venture, but we did hold that property for a couple of years, got some good cash flow, um, and made a nice capital capital gain. And uh, and so, yeah, that was sort of the, the start um, of, of the journey. Fantastic. So you were doing joint ventures before you even knew what they were. That's right. Before I knew that's what they were called and, and how to do them properly you know, in terms of the right structures and the right, the right legals. You know, I think I've, that's one of the things in, in the community, you know, you learn how to do them properly in terms of, um, you know, the, from a, an accounting point of view, asset protection and obviously the legal side of things. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah, been a big, a big learning. Yeah. Fantastic, fantastic. Now, now, look, there was there was something that um, I think that happened uh, to you as well. That was a bit of a, a bit of a changing point for you to decide to to, to change, um, and that was I think was it something about with your do you dropping was it your daughter off to school or something was something. Oh, that that's around? right. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was, that, that was I mean, living in Sydney. Um, um, as anyone who does live in Sydney knows, it's a pretty crazy place, and. Um, I had this pivotal moment. Um, so I'm working, you know, as an executive. I'm, you know, uh, sort of the main breadwinner, um, and uh, and sort of really suffering from that, you know, busy mum syndrome. You know, juggling so many balls. You know, organising everything. You know, very working very long hours. And there was one day I dropped my, as I, as I would normally do, drop my daughter off. Um, and this one day, um, I found a car park right outside. You know the literally the door of the, of the school and I would normally get out of the car and walk her in but I was thinking oh she needs a little bit of independence sometimes she needs to be able to walk into school by herself and so I let her do that one, this one day um, and goodbye see you and then I was halfway to work I was driving from um, from Concord West to to Liverpool and I get this phone call saying um, we've got your daughter I'm going well what's happened what's happened and they told me that it was a pupil free day and my, I just couldn't believe that I'd done that, that I'd somehow missed the communication because I, I don't know whether it was stuck in her bag. This is before, you know, you know, you got these, you know, internet messages or whatever. Um, I just didn't know. And she was only eight. I was horrified. And I was just so lucky that the teachers actually had a, um, a, a development day. Otherwise, that little girl, I mean, she didn't have a mobile phone. She didn't have key to the house, or, you know. I don't even know whether she would have been able to walk home and just freaking out, you know. Um, and I just, I was that pivotal moment. I realised I just wasn't, I wasn't, you know, doing things well, you know, like just this whole juggling and being really time poor, um, you know, what the hell was I doing, you know, um, pursuing this career, locked into sort of negative gearings. I had to keep working, but then, then neglecting my child and like abandoning her. <laughs> Wow. It was horrible. I thought, oh God, something's got to give, you know, this isn't, this isn't the lifestyle for me, you know, try to have it all, you know, but actually not having it all, 
you know. Wow. So quite a, quite a challenge. So, But she was okay. She was good. Um, it was just me freaking out. And I thought, oh, what have I done? You know, how 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 stupid of me. Because then all the mum guilt happens. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, just incredibly lucky as well. Yeah. Yeah, wow. I'm sure others have done the same. But, um, you know, I'm usually a very organised person. But that was just one thing that I missed. And, uh, and you kind of think about what could have happened, what could have happened. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, so, well, so that was... So this was kind of a pivotal point where you weren't, you had to reassess. Yes, I did. You had I to did. reassess. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, so what happened? Was that, was that like the deciding factor for you to go, you know what, I need to look elsewhere. And that's how you came into I Love Real Estate. How, how did that, how did that occur? Um, it was a couple of things. Um, what I realized that, that I was really tied to this, um, you know, this investment cycle of negative gearing, which, which meant that I had to keep working. Um, because, you know, obviously your cash flow is impacted a fair, a fair bit. And, and I was just sort of on this, I knew there was something else that had to had to happen. I, I felt that my knowledge wasn't wasn't quite there. So I went, went and saw a financial planner thinking, hey, there must be other investments like shares or, um, you know, and, um, but of course what then ended up happening, they, were, they weren't able to advise me about property because I really liked property. I had, had some good success with property. Um but of course, then they were they were spruiking things like um, you know tree plantations and and um, and truffle farms, you know, and they couldn't advise me about about property, um, so I wasn't happy with those types of investments. And um, and then I suppose I, I started researching. Okay, what's out there in terms of learning about property? Because I wasn't going to get it through my financial planner, and my accountant was still insisting on this negative gearing, uh, and that's when I discovered. Uh, you know, Dymphonous program. Um, I think I went to a, I think it was just a one day event um, and uh, and pretty much signed up, you know, um, on the day because, you know, I my eyes just opened up to the possibilities. You know, I was, I was thinking about property investing in a very narrow way. Um, and she just opened my eyes up to, to there was so many different ways of investing and, um, and also about how to structure things so that you weren't caught up in this negative gearing um, trap basically. So it was, a, it was very, it was very contrarian to what, what everybody else was saying. And I really liked that. Mm. So you didn't end up, luckily you didn't buy any kind of tree plantations or truffle farms or anything like no, that. No, I didn't. I didn't. Very good. No, okay. I didn't. I avoided those. I did buy shares. I did. I've got shares. Um, yep. I didn't do that sort of, I think, speculative stuff and maybe people have made money, um, but I just didn't trust um, the accountant and the, and the, and the financial plans. I know they were getting commissions. It was like that time, you know, where the industry was very unregulated, and they were getting a lot of a lot of commissions from these um, investment companies. Mm-hmm. So low yeah. trust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, 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 what what was the first things you got into when you when you, I mean, obviously, you're getting into the training. What give us a bit of an idea of, of how that was for you? Because you've mentioned well, your eyes opened up. So. Yes, yeah, so the training was was um, you know I went to several boot camps, the one day events. Um, you know, I was, you know, one of the things I really love about the community and, and, and what different offers is that just that richness of information, you know, that there's, there's specialist streams like, you know, the property development or, um, you know, cash flow property or strategies um, or purchasing property with superannuation. So you can you get that overview um, of all the possible strategies and then you'll deep dive you know, in terms of the content, deep dive into specific areas. Um, and so I spent a lot of time, you know, going through the through the content, attending boot camps, um, and really my eyes opened up to the to the possibilities. 
Uh, and probably the, the one area that I, I did learn about was about joint ventures. Um, and, uh, and that's sort of been my, my journey sort of over the last, the last few years that I realised that I could do things um, using either, either my money or not my own money, but pooling my resources with other people, um, you know, who maybe had sort of experiences or knowledge or money that I didn't have. So that whole concept of bringing parties together um, to, to fill the gap um, and be able to do a deal that you wouldn't otherwise want to be. Like one of my first joint ventures after the training was I was 100% the money partner and I had someone else be the working partner. Um, that was a project in Western Sydney. We did a, um, purchased a bomb and, um, and renovated it and made a nice little profit. Um, and he did most of the work, but we kind of collaborated together from a project management perspective. And a couple of times I, I would come over and help with the cleanup or, um, with a bit of state or you know pre-cleaning before the for the before the sales and um, I really liked that that was a really good opportunity because I was still working full time at the stage and I knew that I I didn't have the the time um, and even somehow the know-how like hands-on to do to do that renovation so that was leveraging um, you know his time and his skills um, and he leveraged off me in terms of the money I, I fully funded that project. That that's kind of really key from your your side as well with joint ventures, isn't it? Understanding yes. those leverage points and and utilizing the the strengths where your strengths are, and obviously where your weaknesses yeah. are, you're leveraging off somebody else's strengths as well. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. And then they were able to get some, you know, a nice return that they could then put into another deal, you know, themselves. Um, so that was a you know a win win, um, and it was a it wasn't a, a long project, but it was also a way that we could get to know each other. Um, and um, and potentially do another 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 opportunity. Yeah, a, a nice entry deal. How did that stack up um, dollars wise for both of you? Um, we made about um, this is like this is sort of early on. So that's about that would have been in two thousand and sixteen. We made about a hundred a hundred k on that one. Okay, was that um, was that was that each? Was it? No, that was all together. Okay, okay, together. cool. Yep, um, yep. The market in Sydney had actually dropped a bit. And, uh, and in hindsight, that deal would have been better to have been a hold rather than a flip. Um, hindsight, so, yes, hindsight. Yes, yes, in hindsight, would have been better to hold. And probably what I should have done if I'd only known was to have the property revalued and then pay him out the, um, the equity uplift. And, and then I should have retained that property because, yes, it would have gone, it's probably gone up quite a lot, of, a lot and, and it would have been, um, from a cash flow point of view, quite a good property because we made it, we turned it from a three bedroom, one bathroom to a four bedroom, two bathroom. Mm, wow. Okay. Yeah. But so, either way, yeah. even with the market dropping, you, you, you picked up 50K each. Yeah. 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 So city right. does drop sometimes <laughs> or slumps <laughs> for a period of time. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. 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 Uh, now, I really want to kind of, you've got a really interesting insight into, stacking strategies as well yes um and this is something that i think is is a really dipnet talks about this a lot i know a number of the students talk about it can you give me a, or give everyone a bit of an understanding about how you understand stacking strategies what does that mean yeah. and can you give us a bit of an example of that of what because you i know that you've we've we mentioned one as well yeah that's right so stacking strategies is where you apply more than one um i call it tactic property tactic 
Um, so it could be that you um, might be applying a cash flow strategy on top of a, a growth strategy. Um, so I'm now looking at properties where I can add value in a couple of ways. One is to boost the cash flow. Uh, and this might be in a period of time that you might be waiting to develop the property. Um, and um, alternatively that, you know, that there's maybe a land component to that property that you might then be able to subdivide. So it could provide you cash flow um, or it could be a property that you might partially sell off um, and then do a development in terms of you do a subdivision and maybe you do construction. So you're applying multiple, multiple approaches to get the maximum um, return from the one, the one property. Um, so, for example, I've got one currently in, in Adelaide and uh, it's, um, there's a bit of a story to this one. Do you want to hear the backstory to this one? Well, it's, it, it, I think it's interesting to kind of drill down on this point because this is, this is really, it's a really interesting kind of way of taking a more advantage of a situation than just okay. looking at it through, through one, 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 one set of eyes. It's yes. like, and what you said earlier on was that your eyes are opened up. And I think that this point is really interesting to actually to, to expand on. So yeah, please tell us about this one because this, this one in Adelaide, it, it sounds- so This one um, came about um, because the owner was under a bit of stress. Um, it's opposite a major hospital in Adelaide and um, she owned a nursing home and on either side of the nursing home, um, are these apartment blocks um, one that she was using them as respite um, and um, and short-term accommodation um, she had tried to sell the whole the whole complex um, a couple of times and just couldn't get a buyer and then what she did was she subdivided the apartments from the main nursing home um, and was going to put them on the market um, individually um, so I came across the the first property which she had had just put onto the market and it was um, five uh, homeettes or villas, as they call them, 1960s villas um, on a single title, two bedrooms each and, um, and each with a little courtyard. Um, and the agent told me, oh, she's actually going to be, she's got another property. Um, she hasn't yet put it on the market. And I said, well, show, show it to me. Um, so I went and had a look at it and, um, and that was just literally a bookend property, just literally on the other side of the, of the nursing home. Um, and that, that consisted of eight um, studio apartments. And I had a JV partner for the first one, but I didn't actually have anybody for the, this other one. And I said, I'm gonna buy the both and I'll, I'll work out how I can get a JV partner. So I had no, I had no money for either. I had one JV partner um, and then ended up finding some JV partners for the second one. And, and in fact, I, I invested in that one as well. I put some money from my, my super. I had some cash sitting in my super doing nothing. Um, but it just come out of another deal. Um, and I so, knew that I could buy into this. So just, just to clarify, mm. you started off. And so this has started off. The one strategy is no money down deal. No money down deal. Okay. That's the first one. Okay, cool. All right. Yep. Keep, on, yep. keep, keep on going. Let's, let's yep. find and out because, more. Because we're, we're, we were able to, we were looking to purchase the two, the two lots. We were able to negotiate the price quite, quite down, you know. So she was open to negotiations, and no one had seen the other. This other one wasn't even on the market. Um, so I was able to secure the JV partners. I said I threw money into it. 
So maybe scrambling, trying to, um, amongst the community, you know, amongst uh, some friends, um, I found some some partners and, um, yeah, so we, we purchased them. And um, so the first one I ended up, again, a bit of, that was, wasn't a stacking strategy. That was um, a, a community title because they were a single, single title, um, doing some renovations and then selling them. Um, so we sold them down. Um, and then the the eight units. Um, that's where we've actually done a lot more stacking. So uh, the zoning was amazing. It's a, a medical precinct zone, and it actually allows us to go three three to four levels. So our plan is actually to um, get a DA and um, demolish the units and turn them into um, a shop. Uh, consulting rooms and potentially one level of apartments. Um, and in the meantime, what we did, we started off with a stage one approach was to increase the, um, the rental return. Uh, and, sorry, and by the way, um, we immediately got an equity uplift of like, we each paid 145,000 for each unit um, and they've been valued at 200,000. So we basically got over 50K up with equity uplift because because we were able to negotiate the price the price down by buying the two. Um, so what we've done is we we reviewed all the tenancies, um, increased the rent, and we put two on Airbnb. And what's been fantastic about this particular deal is because we're opposite the hospital, um, you know, no problems getting tenants in uh, because we've got this job hub. Um, it's quite close to the city and close to Glenelg. Uh, and also um, the, we're providing a service to the community. Um, we have uh, people from the regions coming to stay with us. They're you know, either accompanying a patient. Um, so even during COVID, when they cancelled the elective surgery, we were still getting um, people coming in to, to book into our Airbnb uh, premises and um, so it's from a cash flow point of view it's bringing us a lot probably um, at least a thousand a month more than if we each than if we had put it in the, the long-term rental market okay so let me just let me just see if we can we can track down here so <laughs> a lot, you, there's a lot in that one <laughs> there's a, i know i know so the, so the, the property at the front that was a, a commercial strata title and a reno and uplift and sell is that correct it was it was it was a the first one was um so the one that the one we sold is that what you're talking about? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was five five um, apartments, single level apartments. We renovated two, and we sold and we sold sold them, and we, sorry, and, we, and community titled them. Yeah. And community title community title them. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's it's called community title in um, in Adelaide. Yep. Okay, great. So that was on one side. On the other side, you've got the equity uplift. That was yes. 50, 50K per apartment, and that's eight of them. Is that right? Yeah. That's 400K uplift. Yep. You increase the rental yield? Yes. Yep, cool. Uh, yep. And then also you've done the DA. Well, in the process of doing the DA, that's stage, stage two. Okay. Yes. And it was a no money down deal? No money down deal. Okay. Is it anything else? Did you do anything else? Or was that? Was we, that... we also did a feasibility on whether we should do renovations, like in the short term, to increase the yield and maybe increase the equity but we decided it wasn't worth it so we did do a little fees on that yeah wow okay yeah. Yeah. and so so how does that stack up just from from a from the dollar side of things how does that how does that kind of work out obviously you've got the equity uplift 
400k. Oh, sorry, and the and the and the cash flow has increased a thousand. At least a um, so we're probably uh, sort of we're getting about a net return net of about six six percent. Six percent return. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. So what? So it's making money. It's made money whilst we're investigating the the second strategy, which is to actually do a development, like commercial development. And there's um, yeah, there's quite a bit of money to be made in that one. That's a, that's a longer term strategy. So it was, it was really important that we had the right JV partners that were happy to go through from the beginning to the end. We've got you know we've got a JV agreement has quite detailed um, stage gates um, and decision points. Um, and so we're at the point now that we have all agreed that we will take it to the DA stage. When we get to that point, we'll also have to assess whether we actually do the construction or whether we sell um, sell the property with the DA um, or take it to the, to the full construction. And then to get further uplift, we need to find a, a, a prime tenant to move into or a couple of prime tenants to move into the property because the commercial property will be worth more with a long-term tenant. Um, and we also know there's a market because of our experience with, um, you know, running, you know, the Airbnb and, and, and we're self-managing the, the property from a property management perspective. Um, but there is a market for single people sort of short-term as in, you know, three-month rentals and then obviously servicing the hospital. Um, the hospital's now started its um, upgrade, its stage three upgrade, which is building a whole new um, uh, emergency department. Um, so we knew when we bought it that they were going to be doing it, but it was still, I don't think the DA had even been lodged by the Department of Health. Well, they're actually starting the construction now. They've got um, the, the, um, the, uh, the scaffolding, not the scaffolding, they've got the, um, the fencing now with a big um, signage with all the renders for the new hospital. So that's actually fantastic because that's, that means there'll be, more facilities, better facilities, um, um, and it's going to, you know, attract more people um, to to the to the location. Mm. Now, this is not something that you went straight after doing your first JV. Now, was it? No, it wasn't. you did a, did a few <laughs> others. It evolved. I mean, you know, we just we're looking for apartment blocks to to renovate and, and community title, but this particular property just, you know, revealed so much potential. Um, which is, and, we, and it was the right zone that we could actually do this because it is this special precinct, medical precinct zone. Yep, got it, got it. So maybe a a more simple deal that you would have done earlier, you did with your brother. Oh yes, this is the one I did for love. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to do you want to share a little bit about what you did there? Yes, I, I was getting a little bit annoyed with him because um, he had a bit of quite a bit of lazy money sitting in um, in super, just sitting there as cash. I think he got a bit spooked when the oh god, this, was, this would have been when the IT bubble burst. This wasn't even this was pre GFC, and um, and it was sitting there not earning him a lot of money. I think he was only getting about three hundred and eighty or maybe four hundred dollars interest a month, and he had quite a bit of money sitting in there, and uh, he. Uh, I said to him, look, I'm going to buy you a property. And it turned out that he was going overseas sailing and uh, he made me, he made me his power of attorney. <laughs> he was away. And I thought, oh, good, good on me. I'm going to do something. And, uh, and he trusts me. I'm his twin, twin sister. He's my twin brother. And I joke and say that uh, we've been a joint venture since, you know, in, in utero, you know, we're partners for life. Uh, <laughs> 
So um, I ended up buying him a, um, a property in the Sunshine Coast because at that time I was living in, in Brisbane and got to know the Brisbane and the Sunshine Coast market pretty well. Um, and uh, I bought him a, a property um, which uh, has turned out to be really, really good for him. Um, he's um, gone from earning, I said, about $400 a month um, in interest to about nearly 3800 a month in terms of the rental yield. Um, and because uh, the Sunshine Coast, you know, property market has just been going up, 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 and obviously these last few, few six months has gone crazy. I mean, I think he's had at least one hundred and fifty thousand equity uplift, and probably going going strong. So that one um, was a corner block. We did a small renovation. We converted a garage into a um, a studio, and. Uh, so we had two rental incomes um, and, yeah, it's just a set and forget property. And no problem. I mean, the vacancy rates there are so low, um, no problem renting. And just mm -hmm. the, you know, the equity increase, it's just, you know, incredible. So I think he's happy with that one. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and how much did you get from that deal? I got nothing. Just love. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. Nice one. And it's interesting you say, yes, you've been a joint venture for your whole life. My whole life. Yes. Yep. Yes. Indeed, indeed. Now, j just on the point of joint ventures, do you want to just kind of expand a little bit on, on, on how you look at joint ventures? Like, how does it work from you? Because I know that Dimna has, she has a JV agreement and yes. it, it really, it doesn't always work or sometimes it does. It's, it, there's, a, there's a bit of a requirement and you have a bit of a, a process about going through to confirm it's going to work. Yeah. Um, well, as, Joint ventures are quite complex. Um, sometimes people ask, you know, should you find the deal or do you find the JV partners, which comes first? Um, for me, it's finding the JV partners. That's got to be um, the primary thing. Um, a, a JV arrangement will only ever work if you have that mutual understanding of what your needs are. Um, and, and for me, if I'm the working partner, it's really important that I understand, you know, the risk appetite of the partner um, and, and also to what kind of strategy they want, you know, what, do, what results do they want to achieve? You know, do they want to invest short term? Um, are they willing to hold for maybe bigger returns? Is cash flow or a chunk deal really important for them? Um, and everyone's needs are different. Um, and I certainly have had experience where I've thought I've understood what they need um, and then have brought a deal that matches that. Um, and some people have, um, you know, literally, you know, run away. They thought, oh, no, this is too complicated. Because um, what I do, I always present things like, always start off with a confidentiality agreement. Now, I'm very good at documenting these things. I present a information memorandum so that people understand what the deal is about, the strategy, what, you know, a mini fee so what returns they can expect. Um, I even have a, a pre-JV agreement. So we're, in principle, we're agreeing to move forward because I'm not going to, I mean, to construct a joint venture agreement takes quite a lot of time. Um, so if they're not commit, actually committing to the next stage, you know, I need to know that straight up. Um, and then it's the JV agreement where everything gets documented um, and then being able to walk through that and, and, and being able to step in, into each other's shoes because if you're the working partner or sometimes you could be a working partner and an investor. I've, I've been both. I've been a joint money partner and the working partner. 
Um, and then I've brought in a, you know, like someone else to compliment me because I may, I may not have the serviceability um, or enough equity. Um, so it's really important to step into each other's shoes to understand, okay, well, what are the risks? What's, what are the opportunities? Who can contribute roles and responsibilities? Um, and work through our exit strategies. Like if the deal isn't, if, for example, if, you know, if the market shifts and, and, you know, selling isn't a good thing, okay, well, can we afford to hold on and how long and when do we review? Um, so it's really important that everybody understands each other's role um, and their contribution. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's not an easy thing to do. Um, and, uh, you know, it's really important that you build those relationships. And I've certainly had people that, you know, thinking they were ready to sign the joint venture agreement and um, they've, they've pulled out, you know. Um, I even had one the other day, unfortunately, where um, I presented a deal and um, someone actually had signed the contract of purchase on the property. And um, it, as it turned out, when, um, you know, the husband, her husband was looking at the, the opportunity, he thought he understood, but he didn't understand. Um, and he just got very nervous and she had literally had to pull out of the deal. So, um, and it's not that we didn't have all that documentation. So it's really important that you have the right person and, and, and that they're able to see the deal through to the end. Uh, and that you also have stages, you know, of decisions where people can exit, you know, um, if they need to. Um, but it's also important that the, everyone, you know, um, values each other's contribution uh, and also thinks about, okay, what's best for the project? You know, it isn't always about your self-interest if it's at the expense of the other party, you know, or, you know, maybe taking the profit, a smaller profit too quickly. But if you held on a little bit longer, you actually altogether might get a better return. So it's it's not an easy thing. There's a lot of learnings um, along the way. Yeah. Uh, and I think you definitely need support around you, like a good accountant, a good broker, um, and definitely good, good property lawyers. Um, yeah, it's not it's not for the timid. <laughs> and what about for yourself? Because you have changed quite a bit in regards to getting out there and uh, networking and so forth within the community. Yeah, haven't yeah. you? You've had a bit of a bit of a kind of uh, a bit of an evolution of your of how you deal with things and how you interact with the community. Haven't you? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think, um, you know, I started just being, you know, part of the audience um, in amongst the crowd. Um, but then I've, I think I've stepped up. I think I talked to you earlier about, you know, it's an opportunity. This, this community does provide an opportunity just to develop like self-leadership um, and leadership within the community. Um, I know that people that have been very successful are the ones that have been willing to share, you know, their highs and their lows. Um, their learnings and uh, and I saw that was that was about the key criteria for success you know in property um, is being able to um, you know be authentic and be real and, and to share um, and to give value um, and uh, and certainly with the I love community in um, I mean I've had experience in Sydney Brisbane and now Adelaide it's a community that you know you can make great friendships um, you can build networks um, and, and last night I, I'd organised um, a catch-up. We'd, we'd been locked down um, for a week, um, nothing like Sydney and, and, and Melbourne, um, but I think we're all suffering from cabin fever and, uh, and people really appreciate the social, the social catch-up. So I've been 
organising that from time to time. Um, and out of that, I've got some real, really great friends, but I've also got really good networks now in terms of, you know, um, you know who, were, who were some of the good tradies, you know, who were people in contact on this issue, you know, um, what do you think about this property? So we do share information. Um, and that's what I think is, is pretty amazing. So apart from the, the boot camps and the live stream, to be able to sort of interact with your state-based um, community is fantastic. But I think you've got to be involved. That's one of the things I, I've learned that, you know, I probably wasn't much of a networker before, but I really love it now. If I I'll say to Michael, if I don't have a cough, like a, at least one coffee catch up with someone that's involved in property, um, that I kind of feel like, I don't know, I feel... Um, yeah, I just feel like I'm connected, you know. Um, and, and I suppose the biggest change for me is that I, I did actually give up the corporate job. I leant into my fear and, um, and decided to, to transition out of um, full-time work. And now, you know, property is my life. Property is my business. Um, and, and, and changing from an you know, employee mindset to now being, you know, in a way I kind of call, I call it like being an investorpreneur. You know, I'm investing... In property um, and my business is is in investing property mm. investing and you've also got your your husband involved now too yes he's mr airbnb um so he knows all the booking systems now and uh because he's got a background in tourism and hospitality um, he's absolutely fantastic in in, in um, speaking and helping um the people that are coming to the um to the property especially the people from the regions um uh, you know, they're, they're elderly, they're sick, they don't have very good medical services and they're having to come to Adelaide for the specialist care. Um, he's trying to work his way through the bureaucracy of the health department and he's quite happy to ring up the minister if there's issues that these people are experiencing. Um, he advises them about the patient-assisted transport system, how they can get some subsidies from the, from the government. Um, and um, yeah, it's been actually really, really good. And they're loving the, the the hospitality and the fact that we're literally across the road from the from the hospital. Um, that's been really, really good. So we feel like whilst it's a profit making venture, we're actually providing a you know a service to the community. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. a couple of, a couple of our tenants are doctors at the hospital as well, which is oh, nice. nice. Yeah, 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 nice, nice. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah. And it was great too, like I said, you know, during COVID, you know, we were like literally COVID proof because even when they shut down that elective surgery, we still had patients coming in to stay. Awesome, awesome. Now, getting back onto another deal that you've done, that you've you did do a three townhouse oh, uh, yes, purchase yes, as yes, well. Yes, and yes, uh, yes. and that's gone quite well for you, hasn't it? Yes, it has. So we this was a joint venture. Um, this one was with my brother, an accountant and an architect. And we uh, formed a company and a unit trust and bought uh, a uh, property by the seaside at Tarul, Sydney, um, three townhouses on a single title. Um, it's been cash flow positive. And we're in the process of, it's a bit of a long-winded process of, of getting them strata title. We've still got to make some conditions. Obviously, we've got to get firewalls in and we've got to, there's a few, um, uh, let's just say, not to code um, construction, we'll call it parts of the building that we've got to remove and replace uh, in order to make code. Like when you do the strata, sometimes it brings up, you know, issues about non-compliance with building code. Um, it might have been okay while it was 
you know, back in the whatever 60s or 70s, um, that today's standards are a lot higher. Um, so we've got to meet um, meet requirements. And then they I think they, the other day they asked for a traffic management report. So it's all these little, it's kind of happening incrementally. But we had an appraisal done um, about a week or two ago. And um, um, yeah, it's quite a, it's, yeah, we bought it for 1.7. And they, they reckon once we've got it started title, that it's about $3.4 million. Um, so potentially um, a good return. So potentially a good return is about 1.7, doubling. Yeah, doubling. Doubling, doubling. your money. Doubling. Awesome. Um, awesome. And it's cash flow positive. Yes. Yes. Cash flow positive. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And that's one I've, I've, I've invested. I had, again, 200K in my super. Um, and obviously there's complexities around super when you're investing in super, related parties, unrelated parties, um, you know, it's not, it's something that, you know, you need to get really good advice on. Um, and that was a, one of the learnings that you can actually do a lot with your super. Um, and I thought, you know, that I had reached my limit in terms of what I could borrow and, and um, the equity that I had. But then I realised through Divna's learnings, teachings, um, and obviously through, um, you know, the, the specialist advice on super that you can actually do a lot with super, but you've got to tread carefully because there are, you know, you know, ATO requirements. Absolutely. And and what was the, do you know what the cash flow um, position is positive wise? I think we get about a six about a six percent um, yield. So you're getting a six percent yield. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Fantastic. Fantastic. But for me it was more the equity. The equity is really I mean, it was a long-term hold, um, and now we're we're sort of in that second um, second up cycle in terms of you know Sydney's you know the peaks and troughs. Um, so now we're going through a second a second wave, um, and it's also that ripple effect. You know, with Sydney itself, you know, prices go crazy. Well, the the regions you know um, start to, or, or, or the outskirts of Sydney also. We've seen Newcastle go crazy, Wollongong. Um, and that coastal strip is really important. So I tend to like properties near near coast or um, or near some kind of major job hub. Yeah. Fantastic. And so for you at the moment, um, you've managed to quit your corporate life. Yes, quit the corporate life. Yep. And and how have you got? Have you you can survive now with enough income without the corporate life? Is that right? Um, well, it's been an adjustment, so um, I've had to rethink um, even my JV agreements about how I can get some cash flow because otherwise your earnings are very lumpy. Um, you get them sort of at the end of a project. Um, so now what I do is I charge either a project management fee, I build in a project management fee, or I have milestone payments so that I don't I'm not paid at the end of the project. Um, so it might be at the, you know, after the, the we've purchased the property, we've settled, there'll be a payment. Um, if I do a renovation, it'll be completion of the renovation and then the rest of it will come at the end, end of the project. So that I can get a little bit of some cash flow coming through. Yeah, awesome. And now yeah. how, because you've had quite an increase in your assets, haven't you? Since you've joined, how 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 is it stacked up for you? Yeah, I suppose my, my I'd say overall my net worth has increased, um, and 
and again, this is sort of like as we are now, I mean, obviously these other properties, once we sell um, and once we do that in Adelaide, that construction project, I mean, there's even more to be gained, but I've gone from uh, like about a million dollars to, to $2 million. Um, and these are with some of the smaller deals. So it's been increasing, um, but the, pro the, the projects that are sort of in train, um, you know, I probably, it'll probably be another million dollars. Um, so, um, so I'm kind of doing a bit of a combination, you know, trying to um, maintain some cash flow in terms of income, um, then do some chunk deals, um, and then do some bigger some bigger deals, which may involve um, building up my super because I'm I am using my super in a couple of deals and rolling them rolling them through to another project, you know, and usually in a joint venture where, you know, I might only be contributing two hundred k but I know that I'm going to get a, a much bigger return on that, mm. probably doubling my super. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah, fantastic. The network eh? is growing. The cake is getting bigger. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. And it seems like it's getting faster. Yes and no. Some things take a long time. So the more, this, this, this one in um, Adelaide, um, the second project, I mean, that's a, that's a, long, that's a long burn. <laughs> so, awesome. But the, the, but the returns will be bigger. You know, yep. Um, yep. I've done some that have been, you know, under six months, a year, and then this one's the longest one that I've done. Yeah. 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 A bit of a mix. Love to mix it up. Indeed, indeed. I was having trouble keeping track of all, all the ones oh, you've done. We were sitting before and it's like, I'm having trouble keeping <laughs> yeah. how many deals and how they, how they all line up. So, yeah. 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 Excellent, excellent. Because so, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing so many like renos and flips, you know. Um, I don't need to do too many deals. One or two a year is enough. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Good, 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 good. Well, look, um, the the thing I want to kind of like have a look at now from your side is you, you've mentioned that the, the true currency from your point of view now is time. Do yes. you want to just expand on that, especially now that you're, you're in a position where obviously equity wise is, is, is increasing? Yeah. This is all coming back and you've, you've quit your corporate life and so forth. What, what do you mean by time is yeah. your true currency? How do you, how do you perceive well, that? I, I think my philosophy has really changed. I used to think that money was the most important thing. Um, now I realise that there's more to life than money. Um, and I actually kind of use that, that, that term a bit, you know, it's one of my bylines. Um, and I also believe now about, you know, it's about living abundantly. Not, it's not just it's not all about money um so some people think i might be a bit obsessed with property but to me it's a, it's a means to an end um and and what i what i realized is and maybe that well, that was that moment you know when i left my daughter behind on you know when it was pupil free day um is that the thing the current the thing that i, I had the least of was time um so now, i do now appreciate that time is is the is the most important currency because it um, and, and obviously doing property you know, as a, as a business allows me a lot more flexibility. I mean, certainly at times in a project, um, you know, you know, you're focused on that, but to deliver a result. Um, but I find that I've got more control over my time and, um, and I've got more time freedom. And ultimately it is leading to, you know, that, that ultimate time, time freedom, you know. Um, so, and having that balance, you know, of, of, of you know, working on, on projects as than spending time with family and friends. Um, I mean, one, one, funnily enough, one of the things that I 
that drove me to 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 quitting the corporate life is that there were so many amazing events um, that I love real estate were running, and I'm going if I go to Brisbane, if I go to Adelaide or Sydney, how am I going to do that if I've got a job, you know? <laughs> and also do projects. So I thought, no, nah, something's got to give. Something's got to give, and so the job had to give. <laughs> So, so you you, you gave up your you, you gave up your corporate life so you could come along to Dimpner's events. That's right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we haven't so many of them. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. Good on you. Good on you. Now, um, the other thing is about um, skills. Skills from where you've come from to where yes. you are now. Do you want to just? Yeah, that's that's a good one. Um, I think sometimes people underestimate. Um, you know, the skills that they have and how transferable they are to property development or pro property um, investing. And, um, you know, I was leading large teams responsible for multi-million dollar budgets, um, um, you know, looking at uh, managing uh, procurement contracts, um, managing contractors, um, hiring people, interviewing them, um, uh, implementing IT systems, uh, managing stakeholders, clients, um, legal documents, business continuity. I mean, I just had all this experience. Um, and it, and it, it's kind of, I had this light bulb moment once that I could actually apply all of this, especially once, you know, the learnings through Dimpton that you can actually, you know, you need to run your property projects. You're going to be you know, in the business of real estate. You, you are actually running it as a business. And I realised that with well, my corporate life, I was running a business for, for other people. Um, so why couldn't I bring those skills into, into my own business? And that, that was a bit of a realisation that, you know, often your skills are transferable. And sometimes your skills may not be um, fully complete, um, you know, at this time, you know, point in time. But that's, you know, you can learn through, through I Love Real Estate. You can meet people that have, that have got the skills that you don't have. So you can, you know, fill the gaps that you, you don't have at the moment. Um, so that's why JVs are really good. Like if you're not a tradie, um, you know, you can match yourself with a, with a tradie or a builder. You know, if you're not um, very good at bookkeeping, well, there's, I know there's bookkeepers and accountants in amongst our community. Um, if you're not the good at writing, you know, you might be more of a number cruncher. You can match yourself with someone else. So, so whether you've got them now, um, you can certainly tap into the knowledge that's in the community. Um, um, and of course, you've got your experts, you know, that have got, you know, got qualifications and a license to 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 do certain things on your behalf. Um, so yeah, def that, that that was a learning that you know you, you do have skills that are transferable. Mm. And did you, you you mentioned a little thing about self leadership? What 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 is really what you mean by self leadership? Um, so self leadership is. I mean, if you make a decision to do this full time or to change your career or to transition. Um, it does require leadership. So that, so that was, that was probably the, one of the things is that I knew I couldn't just, you know, jump ship straight away. I actually had to have a plan. So if, if this was something that I wanted to do, that I had to show, you know, to myself and to my family that I had the, the, the leadership within to, to make it actually happen. Otherwise, I would just be talking about it, you know. I'd be, I'd be a wannabe. Um, so, so ambition, the passion being organised, planning, you know, uh, really having, um, you know, a strategy around how I was going to make that transition was really important. Um, and because I had to prove it to myself that I could do it and I had to prove it to other people. Um, and one of the things I did actually, I, I um, this is when I was in Brisbane, 
Um, I actually did a vision board. Um, and of course, one of the things that's on there, in fact, it's sitting right next to me, my vision board, it's just here. And I've got here, um, investor property developer. Um, and uh, so that was about, okay, I'm going to have that self-discipline to be looking at this thing every day, twice a day, um, and be very focused. Uh, so, so that was that was the thing that guided me to to actually make the leap, you know, because I realised I was actually living a life that was so distant from my vision board um, that I was not in congruence with with my what I had dreamt about my future. Um, so I wanted to create my future, and that was sort of that self leadership that this was going to be my life, you know, and I made it happen. And the, and, the, and the vision board was actually my power tool to do that. So, yeah. That's, that's actually a really cool point. That's a really cool point. And I think I love how you've described it, that it was your power. What did you say, your power point? My power tool, my power tool. Oh, your power tool, like a power tool, like a, like a tradesman's power tools. Yeah, yeah. well, that was, my, that was about being focused, you know. And I, I had never done one of these before. And I, I'm not really a woo-woo person, but when I did that, had that experience of creating one, um, it's like all the words found me. It was quite, 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 quite a cathartic experience, and um, and it's with me all the time. It was I did it when I was in Brisbane, um, brought it back to Adelaide, and um, I have it with me all the time. Um, I, I even put it on my um, on my as my wallpaper, my screen thing on my phone. So every time the phone rang, I'd be looking at it. So it's constant reminder that Mary, you've dreamt this life. You know, you've got to make it happen, and I have made it happen, and that's that's kind of that self. Belief in yourself. Don't worry, I've had doubts too. Don't worry, I've had days and bad days. Um, but this thing always gave me that confidence and the courage and the um, the conviction that I could do it. And so I can, I can take off some of it. Some of it I'm not so good at. I mean, I need more time for self-care. You know, a few holidays would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I like the boot camps. It got me got me out of out of home and could chill out a little bit. Like a, the like an ones were really, and the Sunshine Coast ones were good too, and I was part of Platinum. Yeah. Bit of R and R as well as learning. Fantastic, fantastic. Um, thank you so much, Mary. This is this has been awesome. How is everyone else feeling? I, I I don't know. I haven't looked at the chat. Any questions? How have how is how how have we gone? How is have you enjoyed, Mary? Have you got some insight into? Pretty amazing experience. You've done some. You've done some really fascinating things. You've. You've obviously just from a monetary point of view, assets have doubled and they're in the process of going up again. You've done some pretty amazing, like pretty complex deals, stacking strategies, joint ventures, and um, deals with just love with your brother and oh, other things yeah. as well. And you, and I'm sure that uh, Adelaideans are very happy to have you there to be able oh, to help right. out the local community as well we're small but we um always say it's about one degree of separation in adelaide everyone knows everyone um, but they're a nice really good group really really good. And, and a lot of them have become great friends you know we've even um had the chance to showcase our own projects you know come over i'm just about to put the property on the market come and come and do a tour of my my, my new you know renovation um so it's been really really good Actually, Mary, that, that point, that's a really interesting point. You, we, we spoke about this a little bit before. Can you expand on that? Because this is something that I think that um, we'd love to see more of within the communities because this is, this is local knowledge, isn't it? Yeah. This is having your mates in the market. It's locals. Can you just expand on that specific point there? 
Yeah, so I think I think people need to contribute to the to the community. I mean, the fact that we have got these state based Facebook groups, um, it's a great opportunity for people to um, you know seek recommendations, to share stories, um, and and to share real deals. That's what I really like when we went to the the end of year conference. Um, with the inspiration you get from, you know, real real cases, what people are actually doing. Um, but, you know, just during the week, any time, you know, like if you're having a good day or a bad day or you've had success, you know, we want to share each other's wins and, and support each other. But it's also inspiration. Um, so people are doing some amazing, amazing things and, um, and being able to showcase that and applaud um, and, and just to learn, I think, is really, really incredible. And, and I found that the people here in Adelaide, it is a small community. We can, you know, get around easily. Uh, we haven't been, you know, hugely affected by, by lockdown. And um, it's very, it's just, yeah, a very supportive group. And um, last night's dinner, there were some incredible projects that people were doing. And I did encourage one or two people, hey, put a post up, share your story, you know. Um, don't, don't, you know, don't sit in the shadows. We'd love to hear what you're doing you know and could you could you give a little bit of an example of the the learning from others by sharing deals and renos and compare prices that that's specific point yes definitely definitely you're able to you know share information about who's a good tradie um you know what prices have you got on something is this reasonable um, or even helping out with if a tradie couldn't come onto a job and hey I really need someone, you know, today it's really important that I have this electrician in and we've been able to, you know, support each other. Um, so, yeah, it's, 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 it's really, you know, sharing your, your, your black book pretty much, you know. Um, uh, and, and I think people, are, the more generous you are, the more value that you can add, um, you know, is, it, it'll, it'll come back to you. I do believe in that karma. Absolutely. You know when you meet someone. Yeah, yeah. Someone support. Yeah, excellent. Excellent. Now we've got a couple of people that are kind of firing away some really positive comments, which is which is really beautiful to see. Um, and I think Paul was saying he's going to get along to the next Adelaide catch up. Good on you, Paul. Um, Sharon was asking about where, but that's probably something a little bit more local for Adelaide, isn't it? For one specific deal. It's a buy. And it's analysis. Yep. Indeed. Uh, and then uh, Dee was asking, did you set up a consultancy trust before transitioning to full-time and leaving the job? Yes. 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 Okay. Very good. Excellent. Uh, and did you have a nest egg to live on a bit before you get income built into deals or did you set up deals before leaving work? Uh, no, definitely had a nest egg. You have to have a buffer. So that was part of my transition plan. I gave myself six months to get that to have a little nesting. Okay, good. Yeah, because she was asking about the risk mitigation about your transition. Yeah, yeah. That was a nesting. Excellent. Excellent. Um, did you choose a strategy first, then find a deal, or did you just look for a deal? That's from Joe. Um, strategy first. Strategy first. Because what I, what I do is I test the strategy before I find a particular deal. So I'll, I'll kind of do the reverse FISO, um, look at, here's a strategy, look at other properties where that strategy has been applied, um, see whether it stacks up and then try and try and find something that matches that. Yeah. And, then, and then I know just my six, for example, I love corner blocks, you know, where there's a land component. Um, 
So I look specifically for those. Yeah. But that, that, that kind of came out of experience, but now I particularly look for those. Excellent. Uh, good, good. That's for Joe. And Bruce was asking, how do you buy a $1.7 million property with 200K from your super? I think he might have mentioned the, the, the joint venture portion joint, of it. Yeah, so we, had, we, had, we did have borrowings. I wasn't the borrower. Um, and, and each party made a contribution, cash contribution. Um, so now I didn't fund that all myself. That's why, I mean, I wouldn't have been able to do that deal with 200K. I, that's why I needed the joint venture partners. Excellent. And that's I think what, that's, what, that's what leverage is. And that's what you're very good at. Mm. Mm. <laughs> you want to, how do you understand leverage? Um, leverage is make, uh, achieving more than, than, um, than is, I suppose, is within your, within your own resources by leveraging off other people's resources in terms of time, money, skill, um, yeah, expertise. Yeah, excellent. Excellent. And now Jared's asked a question, which is probably a good one to wrap up as well, because Jared's asking, is, uh, said, my goal is like yours. Any general advice for someone starting out with no capital? What would you say to that one, Mary? Well, it's probably a couple of things. Um, I think Divna teaches this. Um, I would dig very deep into the skills that you have. Um, really know what your strengths are. Um, because potential, potentially you could, you could capitalise on that in the sense that you may have skills that someone else could benefit from. For example, if you know how to do FISOs or know how to do, you're a good bookkeeper, um, you know, a project needs good financial, financial skills. Sometimes projects unravel because they haven't managed their finances properly. Um, so you could offer um, your services into a joint venture with, with those skills. Um, if you're hands-on, you could be, you know, a working partner. Um, the other one is, is being a spotter, you know, really understanding how to search for properties, how to do um, due diligence and doing a FISO. Um, you, you might be able to earn, you know, 5K here, 10K here. Um, so there's quite a few ways of doing things without the cash. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, and now we're just on the one o'clock. We probably should wrap it up. I think what Dee is asked here is a corner block. Uh, is the corner block you look for subdividing or building on easier? Why do you like corner blocks? What, strat what strategy is that for? Sub subdivision. Yeah. Cool. It's got, right, it's got to be the right size um, in the right zone. Yeah. Excellent. Not, Excellent. Not all corner blocks are equal. Yeah, yeah. Mary, thank you so much. Thanks for, for kind of like coming on and, and sharing, sharing, you know, some insights into what you've accomplished. Um, it, and it's just, it's so nice to have you within the community and taking that role of looking after others and, and, and helping out being a mate in the market for many others, especially in Adelaide and, and for sharing here as well. So um, yeah. it's been really much appreciated. So thank you so much. Michael. Um, it's an absolute pleasure and um, I'm sure we'll see you around and anyone who's in Adelaide make sure you get along to those Adelaide meetings so, right. so that you can you can catch up yeah yeah so we have the official one that Andrew Cubank puts together and then then there's the social catch-up which we have probably every second month yep Indeed. So go on to the Facebook the state-based Facebook page
And this is a good point as well. So for anyone else who's around the country in different areas as well, we do have state-based and location-based groups. So if you haven't already, join those groups um, and connect up with others in and, and find your own mates in the market as well. Uh, Mary's just shared exactly how, how valuable that is. So it, it'd be good for you to, to connect with others in your local area as well. So... Uh, Mary, thank you. Excellent. I think we might leave it there, hey? Uh, the, oh, sorry, how do we find the state-based groups? Okay, so it's under the community tab of the members-only website. So on the members-only website, far right-hand side, it has a community tab, drop-down menu, it'll say local groups. Tap in there, it'll have all the local groups around Australia. They're, those groups um, have been set up, but they are looked after and managed by students so such as such as mary's looking after adelaide and on, on some of the groups so are others looking at uh looking after other uh meetups around the country as well great way to stay connected mary thank you very much we might end off there okay bye everyone Enjoy okay it. thanks everyone <laughs> okay bye. everyone now bye so what did you think? Incredible, isn't she? And her story is very inspiring. And there's a lot of little gold nuggets in there I'm sure you, uh, you picked up along the way. Look, if you're listening to this on your favourite podcast platform, I really super encourage you to go across to my website, iloverealestate.tv. Uh, jump on there. There's a whole lot more podcasts. There's articles, there's blogs, there's videos, there's, um, you know, uh, uh, when my next events are coming up. There's lots of stuff for you to uh, to love and absorb in there. So jump across there and, and really um, start that journey. Start the journey that Mary went on all those years ago. And maybe, you know, you can get to the kind of heady heights that she has. So that's it for me. I'll be back again to, uh, to do another podcast with you very, very soon. I hope you're enjoying this amazing, amazing series of these incredible students of mine that have just followed the system and got the results, because that could be you. So bye for now. I'll catch you on the next one.